how can average citizens like us, how can we benefit and profit from preventing our financial system from collapsing? This is the question we ask on the Crowd Effect podcast. I am your host, Paul Lovejoy, activist investment advisor at Stakeholder Enterprise. On today's show, did short sellers contribute to the collapse of First Republic Bank? And which bank is next on the list for short sellers to target? But before we get into that, I first want to tell a story. Now, the first time short selling stock happened is a story that goes back several centuries to the early days of the stock market. Legend has it that the first short sale of a stock was executed by a Dutch merchant named Isaac Lemaire in the early 17th century. Lemaire was a wealthy businessman who had invested heavily in the Dutch East India Company, also known as VOC. It was one of the most successful and profitable companies of its time. However, Lemaire became increasingly frustrated with the company's management and its policies, and he decided to take action. So Lemaire came up with a bold plan to sell shares of the VOC that, did, that he did not even own yet. He borrowed shares from other investors, sold them on the open market, and hoped to buy them back later at a lower price. This strategy is known as short selling, and it was a revolutionary concept at the time. Lemaire's plan worked, and he made a substantial profit by buying back the shares at a lower price and returning them to their original owners. The VOC's management was outraged by Lemaire's tactics, and they sued him for malicious and illegal trading. However, Lemaire defended himself by arguing that he had not broken any laws and that he had simply exercised his right to buy and sell shares as he saw fit. Despite the controversy, Lemaire's short sale was a landmark moment in the history of finance. It paved the way for development of modern financial markets and the growth of the global economy. Today, short selling is a common strategy used by investors all over the world, and it continues to play a crucial role in the functioning of the stock market. It plays this crucial role by weeding out which companies are committing short uh, shortcuts, which companies are engaging in unethical behavior, and which companies are are not playing by the rules uh, and and treating their customers poorly. So short selling does play a very important role in in making sure that the stock market is healthy. But there is a downside to short selling. Uh, short selling uh, can contribute from to a just a regular uh, uh, company's collapse uh, by by specifically targeting it targeting it and then releasing rumors that uh, this company's struggling so more people start to sell and a panic happens uh, and it, it can cause uh, devastating consequences so the story of the first time, short selling stock was seen as the primary reason for a company's failure takes us back to the early days of the American stock market. In the early 1800s, there was a company called the United States Bank, which was one of the most powerful financial institutions of its time. 
Now, the bank had a lot of enemies, though, including President Andrew Jackson, who believed that the bank was corrupt and needed to be shut down. Around the same time, a group of investors began short-selling the bank's stock in large quantities. They believed that the bank was overvalued and its stock price would eventually collapse. So they borrowed shares of the, of the bank's stocks, sold them on the open market, and hoped to buy them back later at a lower price. The short sellers were right, and the bank's stock price did indeed start to drop. But as the stock price fell, more and more people began to panic and sell their shares, creating a vicious cycle of selling that drove the price down even further. As the bank's stock price continued to plummet, the bank itself began to suffer. Customers began withdrawing their deposits, and the bank was forced to sell off its assets to try and raise cash. But it wasn't enough, and eventually the bank failed, leading to a financial panic that lasted, uh, that that caused a recession and lasted for years. This panic was called the uh, Panic of 1837, and it was one of the most severe economic downturns in American history. And uh, it, it led to widespread unemployment, business failures, and a general feeling of economic insecurity throughout the country. It was a turning point in American economic history and contributed to the ongoing debate about the role of government in regulating financial markets. Now, this story about United States Bank is eerily similar to what happened to First Republic Bank. Um, First Republic Bank, um, they... Short sellers were betting that the bank's stock price would would fall, um, and they were motivated. It, it appears to be that the, uh, these short sellers ha smelled blood in the water like sharks. I uh, seen the collapse of uh, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, um, and Credit Suisse uh, in Europe. That the the failure of of that bank or the troubles it didn't quite fail, but the the troubles that it faced were uh, short sellers were were targeting it specifically. And uh, I did a podcast on April twelfth uh, with the title "How the Next Bank Will Collapse," and I said it's uh, short sellers are going to target the next bank, and it, it's going to collapse. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, short sellers went straight from Credit Suisse and and targeted First Republic. They already saw that there was a panic happening uh, at, at First Republic, and um, it was bailed out by these big banks. The big banks tried to bail out First Republic to kind of ease uh, the 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 bank customers from from doing a bank run on it, and it did for for a little bit. But when people found out how much uh, money was withdrawn from First Republic, it just created another panic, which there was no turning back from. Um, the short sellers made a killing, absolute killing. Uh, the, the stock price fell by 95% from the beginning of the year. It was well over $100, $120, something around that, the stock price in, in, in the beginning of the year. And the day uh, of its collapse, it went down to $4. So, so short sellers absolutely 
made a, a, a killing. Um, so guess what? Short sellers are targeting another bank right now, uh, more so than any other bank. And it's called Fifth Third Bank Corp. Now, Fifth Third Bank Corp is a regional bank based in Cincinnati, Ohio. And it has a market capitalization of $18.7 billion. And it's the 15th largest bank in the United States. So um, it appears that the bank has a high valuation. Uh, and its stock price is trading at a price to earnings ratio of 15.4, which is higher than the average. Um, they also have a high level of exposure to commercial real estate loans, which First Republic did as well. And the bank has 14.8 billion in commercial real estate loans, which is 12, uh, over 12% 12 of their total assets. Um, also, uh, Fifth Third Bank Corp uh, has been fined recently uh, for uh, violating, uh, in 2019, the bank was fined $92 million for failing to properly monitor its anti-money laundering programs. And this is just um, so, some of the problems that Fifth Third Bank Corp has. I mean, that's a, a mouthful, Fifth Third. I'm having trouble saying that for for whatever reason. But yeah, this bank in the Midwest, it's one of the largest banks in the Midwest. And if I had to predict which bank will, would fail next, if there is going to be another failure, it's going to be Fifth Third because of this targeting uh, by the, the short sellers. So uh, we have this, this issue of, of short selling and it can cause good uh, but it also can lead to uh, a financial crisis that lasts for, for years. And who knows what we're in right now? Uh, it, it almost feels like it, it's another financial crisis. And it doesn't seem like any of these problems were, will, will go away. Uh, and what's causing it? What is the cause? What's the root cause of, of these bank failures for uh, you know, hundreds of years. What's going on here? Now, uh, in 1837, th that's really when, you know, it really amped up the debate of government regulations of the financial markets. And uh, uh, many, 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 many people, politicians especially, believe that the root cause for banking failure is uh, government response, either too much regulation or not enough. Uh, the people who argue that it's too much regulation is that regulations are expensive and it, it increases the cost for the bank to operate uh, and which which makes it uh, uh, creates a, a increasing pressure uh, to still be profitable uh, because that pressure is not going away. So so you have, uh, you know, these regulations making uh, the, the bank's expenses uh you know, go up. Now, the, the people who are saying, hey, there's not enough banking re regulations are saying that, yeah, there, there's not enough banking re regulations because uh, they're still uh, abusing the public. The banking industry is the most abusive industry in the United States to its customers. Uh, the top four banks uh, in the United States Number one, Chase, two, Bank of America, three, Wells Fargo, four, Citigroup. They control half 
of all the banking assets in the United States. And they are at the very top of the list of companies that have been the most fined since 2020. Uh, it, you could, you can look this up for yourself. It's the violation tracker project. They, they track all corporations operating in the United States and they track how often they get fined. Uh, so the, the big four, uh, the, the most fined company since 2020 is bank of America. The number two is chase. Number five is Wells Fargo and number six is Citigroup. And the, the reasons for their, their uh, uh, fines are things like toxic security abuse, investor uh, uh, abuse, and just run-of-the-mill uh, banking uh, violations that they, they, they cause, you know, uh, uh, hidden fees and, and things like that. So we have this, this, this system and this cycle of banks uh, under this constant pressure of increasing the increasing their quarterly profits, and in order to do so, uh, they commit unethical acts, and which cause them to get regulated, which increases their pressure to uh, to increase their quarterly profits. That pressure never goes away, and guess what? It's a different unethical behavior that happens because there's you can't regulate everything. Um, regulations are very reactive. So it's this cat and mouse game where it's the cycle of regulations, uh, cutting corners, uh, to loopholes and getting regulated again, Co costs go up. And, and in the end, who suffers the most? It's, it's just us average American citizens. Uh, we're, we're, it, it causes uh, for, uh, you know, uh, recession and, uh, uh, turmoil and, 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 and economic uncertainty. And it's very difficult to operate that. So is government response, the root cause? Not, not by a long shot to me. Um, it's the way publicly traded corporations are designed in the first place, uh, which all, all these banks, they're all publicly traded for-profit corporations. They're designed with this pressure to increase their quarterly profits. If they don't increase their qu quarterly profits, well, the people working there, the executives, they'll get fired by the shareholders. The shareholders um, ho can hold uh, the executives responsible for not increasing their, their uh, profits uh, as a breach of something called fiduciary duty. And so, and that happens all the time. You don't, it doesn't, you don't even need to be a majority shareholder to, um, to call for a vote, to remove executives. You can be a, a minority shareholder uh, to, to call for a vote. And, and so there's this pressure that, that's always there. And it's the way that, that companies are designed. Well, this, this will lead into the financial tip of the day, um, which is there is a way to design companies that is the infrastructure already exists and you and I and every single person in the general public can participate in designing these companies. And, and we have an ability to design them that don't just look out for uh, the shareholder bottom line, but a, a bottom line to all stakeholders. Now, a stakeholder is anyone who has interest in the success of a business. So that can be 
uh, the customers, employees, uh, vendors, suppliers, uh, investors and shareholders, uh, the environment, the community that this company serves, all of them are, are stakeholders. And there is a movement of, of designing corporations differently. Uh, you may have heard of benefit corporations or certified B Corps. All of these companies are designed that, that have the interest of all stakeholders. Um, now, there is a place that all of us can go to to, to participate and profit off of this design of corporations that care. Uh, it, it's called equity crowdfunding, which is incredibly democratic. Um, it, we can all have a choice and a say of which companies get funded. Now, in the past, this wasn't even legal up until 2015. And now, since then, you know, it's been eight years and there's these platforms that have really developed in the last eight years and have stabilized, which uh, you, me, anybody can go on to and participate in this equity crowdfunding. And investment minimums are, are very reasonable, uh, $100, many of them. Some of, the, some of them I, I've seen even as low as $50, uh, minimum investment requirements. So you could be uh, invested in 20 different uh, startup companies with as little as $2,000. Now, most of those 20 are going to fail, but you only need a few to really make it big and to, to profit from it. That's, that's, that is the basis of these venture capital firms that have been dictating who gets funding and, and who doesn't. And oftentimes, a minority and women get uh, overlooked for, for funding from these VC companies. Now, that doesn't have to happen anymore. We need to have a, a more diverse and independent uh, group of people saying who should get funding and, and, and who shouldn't. Why should we have a diverse and independent uh, uh, group of people uh, dictating this? Or not dictating, it's, it's democratically. Before it was a dictation. Now it's more of a, a, a democratic way. It's because of something called the wisdom of crowds. Uh, the wisdom of crowds has been shown to uh, beat the experts time and time again. It's the whole jelly bean, counting the jelly beans in a jar experiment. I don't know if you're familiar with this. Well, uh, uh, you take a, uh, uh, a jar full of jelly beans and you, it's at a county fair and you have people kind of write in how many jelly beans that they think are, are going to uh, uh, be in there. And you also probably have some experts, some jelly bean experts um, that are, are guessing too. So you take the jelly bean experts and you put their votes aside on, on one. And then you take, you know, the hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of people at the state fair that are guessing how many jelly beans are in this, this jar. And if you aggregate all of the, the guesses, you'll see that the, the, the people, the crowd will guess very, very close the exact amount of the jelly beans. If you average it out, you, you take the, the average uh, and it, it will beat experts. And this has been shown not just uh, with jelly beans, but in uh, the stock market, it's been shown and in other ways where you can uh, are able to aggregate this. So we have the, the power, the wisdom of crowds using equity crowdfunding. Uh, 
And and there's something also to to say about this. When when we're engaging in equity crowdfunding or any type of crowd f- investing, it's important to note what we're not investing in: the stock market and corporate bottom line. We're not investing in outsourcing, not investing in U.S. companies manufacturing in China or other authoritarian-controlled countries, all of which contribute to income inequality. My name is Paul Lovejoy. I am a crowd investor, and I see you are one too. If you'd like to know how to increase your own profits and benefit from uh, preventing the collapse of our financial system, go to stakeholderenterprise.com.